Hello, and welcome to Conversations Between Widows. I am one of the co-hosts, Tanya Wilson. And I'm your other co-host, LaSharma Jefferson. And we're bringing you weekly conversations about our widow journey. Our purpose is to provide our listeners with a window seat into how two young women who became widows too soon are navigating life after their loss. Our goal is to provide another support system to other widows on the same journey to help them feel less alone. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and shake your head profusely in agreement to what Tanya and I and our guests are talking about. So come on in and enjoy the conversation. Tanya, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. Fabulous. It's the holiday. And that's always yes. good, even though nobody's barbecuing over here. But <laughs> I like that's okay. We're gonna eat something else. How are you? I'm doing good. I actually was Oh no! I think I was taking a self care rest day without knowing that's what was happening. <laughs> I got um, I started looking at clickbait. Uh, oh, got, yeah, that's that's that. the show. <laughs> yes, everybody is talking about it, and it's funny because I watched it about uh, a week ago, maybe a two weeks ago, and yes. I had meant to like put on Facebook, you know, like this is a must watch. But I never got around to putting it out there. But I was telling my daughter, you know, I kept telling her because I thought my daughter had watched it. And I thought mm-hmm. I remember her telling me that she couldn't get into it the first few episodes. And I was thinking when I started, I was into it immediately. So I was me thinking, too. what are you talking about? How could you not get into this? Yes. I I mean, because they kept doing the flashbacks and he was like, oh, but then they hit you with like at the end of every episode. Mm-hmm. They kind of hit you with a, wait a minute. And so it kind you know what it reminded me of? How to get away with murder. Remember? Oh my God. Yes. You have to pay attention to that. You cannot blink. Yes. You can't <laughs> turn your head and look at something else. Because you can miss something very, very pertinent. Yes. That's what it had the feel of. How to get away with murder um, concept where they would do flashbacks. So there's flashbacks throughout the series. And it kind of brings it back to home where everything at. Because, you know, how to get away with murder, if you, like you said, if you blink, you would miss it. With this one, you can blink. It's not a big deal. But it does give you that feel because those flashbacks are key to whatever the mystery is. So I got two more episodes and I'll finish it out this week. But yeah, I was about to get wrapped into the socket place looking at it like, oh my Look, God. Well, you're going to finish it out this week. You're going to finish it today. I guarantee you. If yeah, you, if you my- turn it back on, you're going to finish it because that's one of those shows. Like most series, you know, that's one thing I don't like about watching series you know, mm-hmm. on um, the streaming services because sometimes I need stuff to end because <laughs> when it's going on to the next episode, of course, when you have those awesome cliffhangers, it's like, oh, I got to see what happens next. And mm-hmm. then you, next thing you know, you done sit on the couch for six hours. So I did appreciate that, that this was a limited series, you know, so I didn't have to worry about binging it for, you know, 12 hours or something. So I enjoyed that. 
And I can't mm. wait for you to watch the end of it because I was yes. like, oh my God, really? <laughs> I did, uh, girl, the end gonna have me walking around the house because sometimes some people, some shows make me, I had to take a little walk for, for a second. Like, I just know I didn't just want You gotta go clear your head. <laughs> I had to clear my head afterwards, after, after that. But uh, yeah, that's a, that's the show that I, I had got into. So I was like sitting here at 12 o'clock, rolled around. I said, wait a minute now, let me get on up because I could be doing um, content, which I did earlier. Remember, I had sent you some stuff and, yes. and, and we had recording to do. So I was like, let me get up and get dressed and get ready and get going. But you, you, you have to get dressed for our uh, recordings. I do. <laughs> I have a whole outfit on. You're like, look, this is my podcasting outfit. I kind of do either or. I mean, sometimes if we do it, you know, like early on a Sunday, I might still just have those on, you know. But I I take full advantage of the fact that we are not going on camera. Mm -hmm. And that is great. So this is going to be a good topic because this is one of those, like, a lot of our topics, they can always resurface because very important, um, you know, topics in life. And so today we're going to talk about boundaries. You know, why is it so hard to force some people? Because some people are the bomb with setting boundaries and, you know, they don't let people cross them, you know, mm-hmm. but then we have others. And I am one of those people that do struggle with setting boundaries, like even setting a, a schedule for myself. I, I I break my own boundaries for myself. So <laughs> I definitely allow other people to break the boundaries that I have imposed on them within myself, you know, and sometimes it's like just really hard for me to set the boundaries, you know, even though they're so necessary for, you know, our self-care you know, but I, I suffer from that people pleasing, um, you know, personality trait. And I think those are like the ones that really have a hard time with setting boundaries because we think I'm going to hurt their feelings <laughs> and we yes. don't want to do that. That is true. Um, and that's, that's a, describes me. I am a people pleaser. I try to do my best because I don't ever want to disappoint. I try to keep my promises even though um, sometimes you just can't. It reminds me of an old movie, and I can't think of the movie. I think the mama was Susan Saran, but don't get me wrong, but the dad, it was, and I can't describe it. I can see it clear as day because when the little girl says to the dad, because he was like, I promise I'll be, I come to something next year, and it was at the end of the movie. And he was a dad that was always it looked like life just got in the way of him keeping his promises, and uh-huh. he couldn't make it to everything that she had. And she told him, and as he went to say, "I promise to," she kind of put her hand, her finger up on his mouth, and was like, "Like you don't, don't have to, keep, don't do it." <laughs> yeah, you don't have to keep promising me. I know that you love me, anyways. So. I, you know, I feel like with me, I still, I didn't learn from the lesson that I should have learned when I was eight years old when I saw that movie with you. <laughs> when I make a promise, if I don't keep it, it's not that I don't love you. It's just I couldn't fulfill it and I'm human. I can't always fulfill that. But I right. am somebody that likes the people, please. 
Yeah. And I think, too, you know, like you said, uh, you should have learned this when you were eight years old. Mm -hmm. So many of the problems that we have in our lives today are from our childhoods. You know, so we are still, you know, in our 30s and 40s, still trying to overcome the way somebody else made us feel. And then we're therefore trying not to make other people feel that way. So I think people pleasing and, you know, I've never looked up the definition or anything like that. But I mean, I wonder if it comes from a place of being disappointed. And not wanting people, you you not wanting to be responsible for other people feeling how you were mm-hmm. made to feel. So, you know, you just take it to the whole extreme and you're trying to make everybody happy. You know, yes. I know one thing what I've done with my kids, like when you talk about that movie um, and the dad making promises. Yeah, I can't remember the movie title because I wish I could. It's like right there. And I think I know what it was. The mama was getting married to another person and he rushed to town because he's trying to show that he, he could be this dad, he could be perfect. But the wedding went on because she still had moved on because it just didn't work out between them. Mm-hmm. And it was the daughter. And like I said, at the you know, towards the end, he went to make a promise and she puts her finger over his mouth and was like, right, don't do it. You, you don't have to prom you don't have to make a promise. I know you love me anyway. That's it. And that, but the thing that I, I was going to say about that is that I did learn with my kids when they were coming up, I never would like, I very rarely gave concrete uh, yeses to stuff or, you know, so I always left a little wiggle room for if something w- wouldn't happen, you know, like, so if they wanted to, you know, let's say, oh, can we go to the movies this next weekend? You know, mm-hmm. I might say, I'll think about it. So I really tried mm-hmm. to be careful with giving them a definite yes or no, or definitely not giving them a definite yes, because if life happens, I would know that as an adult, hey, we can't make it this time. But in a kid's mind, they don't think about the reason that you have to change your mind about this. They're just like, but you said we were going to do this. And now you've created trust issues for the kid because they're like, man, you know, my mom, you know, she's always breaking her promises. And then that person grows up, you know, to have a whole issue in their lives with, you know, people making promises and breaking them. That'd be a very big issue for them in their lives, you know, yes. and it starts in childhood. Yes. And that's the thing, like, the, and I think that's where you, you, that's where the boundaries has to be starting to set too. You can't be everything to everybody. Yeah. And, you know, and when we make this into, you know, like tie it into why is it so important for, you know, people in the widow community to learn how to set boundaries is because your life has changed. You know, you've been used to, you know, going through life with a partner, you know, you handle this, I handle that, you know, we're, we're a team. And then now when you have to do stuff by yourself, you're managing the household by yourself, you know, you may have gone back to school so you could get a better position, you know, so you're just doing so much. And as women, we tend to try to do everything 
on our to-do list. You know, if we involved in church, we're trying to make the church people happy. If mm-hmm. we are on committees with our jobs, we're trying to be the best committee person there. We're trying to be super mom <laughs> at home. And it's like, okay, no, I cannot do all of these things and get it right every single time, you know? So we have to learn how to set boundaries for ourselves so that we can function and, and just keep our sanity, you know? So I know my biggest thing with, um, well, I think I've stated, you know, being the people pleaser and how hard that is. Cause I was telling you earlier uh, today, you know, my daughter is, uh, you know, she's an adult, Got a whole husband, whole daughter, but she is still very, uh, we are very close. And sometimes she still just wants her mom, right? Mm-hmm. right. <laughs> and so today, you know, she wasn't feeling well and she wanted me to come over. Her husband you know, has gone back to work. So now she's at home, you know, with her one-year-old daughter, mm-hmm. you know, by herself. And she wasn't feeling well, so she wanted me to come and help out today. And I was like, I really wanted to. I mean, of course, my heart went out to my daughter, like, oh, like she needs me. I want to help her, you know, because I'm still her mom, even though she's 26 years old. Mm -hmm. But prior to her, you know, saying that she needed me, I already kind of had my day plan with some things that I needed to do. But in, in my realization, knowing that I can't go out there and help her because I have things to do. I was like, oh man, I don't want to hurt her feelings. I don't want her to think that these other things are more important than her, you know? And it was really kind of inter- uh, um, an internal battle thinking mm. like, okay. And I know my daughter will always know that I love her, you know, but I know that she really wanted me to come. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, sometimes we think we'll start thinking for the other person You know, like, oh, she's going to feel like this. She's going to feel like that. Well, she might be upset, you know, that I'm not going to come out, you know, but once she, you know, really rationalizes the situation, she'll understand. Okay, well, mom had something to do. You know, we have to realize people are stronger than we give them credit for. They're not going to fall apart, you know, because we can't, you know, come and help them out with the situation or hold their hand through something. That's how people actually learn their own resilience, you know, Mm. when they have to go through stuff on their own and then certain people might not be there, you know, to help them through it. And they realize, hey, okay, I can do this. Mm, You know, so... Sounds familiar. It's kind of like the journey you're on right now as being a widow is those people are not here to help. Right. You had to try to figure it out. And that's how you do form your resilience. So how do we set our boundaries? Because I just Googled that. (laughs) How to set boundaries. Because I had it in my head mapped out, but a conversation we had prior to this podcast showed that Tanya has no boundaries set. That's why she's taking in so much of everybody else's issues. And she's not setting the proper boundaries and she's worrying about what they think and what they say. So how do you set it? And by me Googling, positivepsychology.com actually has uh, how you would set their boundaries. So I think one of the things they offer first is define, identify your desired boundary, Mm -hmm. communicate and say what you need, 
Stay simple. Don't over-explain, which is a key. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And say constant twisted. Say why it's important. So yeah, because yeah, sometimes mm-hmm. we think people have to agree with our boundary. We don't need yes. their agreement, but we want them to agree so that we can feel okay. Mm-hmm. And setting boundaries, I know it's tough because I have a hard time, you know, and I, you know, I think that that's our struggle, you know, but we have to start thinking more about our needs than the other person's needs. Cause you know, you got to put yourself first and that's okay. We have to retrain our brain to be like, it's okay. I'm not abandoning my child, you know, because I can't be there for them at this particular moment, you know? So what else does it say there? Well, that's all. It gave us that. That's what they said. That's how the first part you would set boundaries. And then it goes into like relationship and difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. And then they said even boundary worksheets for kids and parents, because even having kids, you still have to set boundaries. Um, I, 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 I am um, still learning. I suck at <laughs> the kid one, too. Because I still let it in my space. And even I, if even with me telling him, mommy just needs her space right now in the morning, even though you're up at eight o'clock, mommy's not up at eight o'clock. He still manages to get his way. <laughs> and oh. my boundary wall has not been set. So, um, but I do have one that I set up is when I record, you have to leave mommy alone. So just that one is one that my son does follow. So it's non-negotiable. That's a non-negotiable for you. Yeah, that's a non-negotiable. He came in just a second ago. You didn't hear him because when he saw the headphones on, he saw me talking. He said he threw his little thumbs up like, okay, you're on the call. Like oh, he knows that one. I love yes. that about him because he does really respect the fact when you are recording, yes. he totally respects that. And that that's awesome. And um and you know what the fact that we, you know, set this day up to do our recordings, that's one of the things that I'm really proud of that I always save our recording days for our podcast. You know, yeah. so anytime anybody try to do something, I'm like, well, wait a minute, let me see what time we're recording our yeah, podcast. And yeah. I plan around it. Now my pride, here's my thing. So that's because this involves me and you. So as I have another person, if mm-hmm. I was had my own podcast, I can be honest with myself enough to say, I would not be as, um, firm on that boundary like oh I do this on Sunday because it's something (laughs) about when it's just something I'm doing for myself or with myself I'm I will let the ball drop and I'm trying to understand where that comes from like why can you be accountable when other people are involved with you but when it's just you you just blow it off oh okay I'll do it later Oh, we're, not, we're not putting ourselves first. And that that's that's part of why you setting the boundaries. It's part of um the superwoman syndrome. <laughs> it's trying to do everything. Trying to do everything. That's why we put it off. So that's why I feel like when you set the boundary, like yes, yeah, Sunday is a boundary set because that is our recording time. So people have wanted to get stuff out the garage or do anything and I usually have to say hey I'm recording I call you back you know what I'm saying or hey I'm doing I have to record on Sundays Sunday is my recording day 
So most of the closest people I know knows that boundary of Sunday, if it's before three o'clock, mm-hmm. it's probably not a good time because Tanya does her recording with um, the Sherman on Sunday. So they already know about that boundary. But how do we cover the other six days of the week? Like, what do yeah. we do with that? I struggle. Days? I struggle because, you know, I, I write. I'm a writer. And right. that's the hardest thing for me is to Wait set. A You're a writer. You're uh, um, what are, a poet. What was you doing before? You was an um, editor? Uh, yes, I'm doing editing. I mm-hmm. do writing. Um, well, self-publishing. Say it again. <laughs> See, you had already downplayed what you were doing. You yeah, have all those three things. <laughs> all, all those things that are going on. Yes. But I find it's really hard for me to work on a schedule. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm addicted to TV sometimes. I have to really force myself to turn the TV off. Like, stop trying to do stuff while you're writing. You know, even mm-hmm. if I am, even if I say, okay, I'm going to write from 10 to 1 o'clock. If I stay at home, I will sit here on my bed with the TV on, with my computer there. I may be writing. However, I'm not being as productive as I would be if I gave it my full attention. Mm. You know, so that's another thing that I work on. So like I did, I think I had mentioned a couple of weeks ago, what I did to try to counter that, that particular week was go to the library. It was like, okay, you got to get out the house because at home is way too many distractions. Because one thing I know about myself as a writer and a lot of other writers that I know, we allow ourselves to get distracted because, you know, when you're thinking, trying to form the, the right words or the right sentence or the right order of the paragraphs or whatever, that's more challenging than some, you know, than people realize. And sometimes you, you're thinking so hard about it, it gets frustrating and you say, OK, let me just get up. Let me go wash these dishes. If you're at home, you'll do stuff like that. I would do stuff like that. Oh, OK, let me just clean up my let me organize my shoes while I think about it. But if you get away from all of the things that can distract you, you know, you won't have that ability to get away. So you force yourself to deal with what's frustrating, you know. So I'm continuing to work on that. And I'm, you know, I know the day is going to come where I'm going to get it together. But Mm -hmm. the the key is to not give up on what you're trying to do. (laughs) Right. Right. And that's where you got to set up a boundary or a schedule could be, maybe we've been looking at schedules wrong. Those schedules are probably there for a reason. They're to help you prioritize and set those boundaries so you won't feel overwhelmed and stressed. So yeah. maybe those are, that's maybe what the new you know term for schedule should be is setting a boundary and I'd be setting up your schedule because at one point a few weeks ago and that was because I was going and I'm still going through a grief period with my friend, I would have my phone cut off at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. It would just go into do not disturb. Um, so I wouldn't get any phone calls doing after 10. And I did that for a couple of weeks and it kind of worked out well because anything, and it wasn't just phone calls, it'd be text messages. And I didn't know how I said it, but I knew how to get it undone because I was missing some stuff. But now that I think about it, maybe I needed to miss those things because 
you know, I needed that rest. So I needed that time to myself. So that could mm-hmm. be a boundary setter too. Because uh, social media could be a lot too. Messaging, everything we live by that phone. So to turn, have it where a certain time of day where it turns off your apps and turns off the the calls and messages, either or, or both. I need a tutorial. Well, I need a tutorial because I remember you telling me that and I was like, okay, I need to do that. So like even yes. when I set my writing time, I'm like, I need to stop all of the, the Facebook notifications and the clubhouse notifications and but yes. um I didn't really know how I did go I mean I knew I could turn them off but I couldn't figure out how to turn it off for a particular time yeah. I just yeah. turn it off all the way so I ran across this by accident but basically if you have a if you're an iPhone user I'm not sure how Android works but with iPhone you would go into your settings and go into screen time and screen time. Mm, I never looked at screen time. <laughs> yeah. Now, screen time gives you everything you could possibly want. So, if you want downtime, that's where I usually plan on my Ooh. schedule. Listen, I just opened it up, right? And that's the first thing I see is the downtime. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. And then there's app limits. So, say if you've been on the app for two hours, mm-hmm. you know, young kids, if they're on the phone, you can set up the app time. If they hit that limit, they done for a period of time that you allow. Communication limits. Set limits based on your contacts. And then you got the always allow and then the contact privacy restrictions. But all of that works well when you're doing your apps. Now, if you want to do your phone time, I believe, let me see where it's at. You go into, yeah, here it is. Do not disturb, which is in settings as well on your iPhone. These are for iPhone users. Again, I don't have it for the Android. But if you go into Do Not Disturb and go to Schedule, you can schedule when your calls just go completely, stop any calls, stop any messages between a certain time and a certain time. I usually pick bedtime because that's the time that I'm trying to rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are, you know, those are options for you to have on the phone that will, you know, um, Help with setting some type of boundaries within yourself because I'm someone who likes I scroll social media and stuff just for entertainment purposes. I'm like you, I watch TV, even the TVs have timers. I know my LG, I hit it all the time, and I don't know why, but it's somewhere between its settings. And if you go down to timer, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I do <laughs> and, my sleep timer, yeah, it'll turn the TV off if you're somebody who ha- can't, you know, go to sleep when the TV is on. Sometimes the TV helps me sleep, but for others where the TV does not help you sleep, you can set up a timer for that TV to shut off, uh, you know, so then you don't have to worry about uh, being distracted with media. So, okay, so we talked about our social medias, our phones, our TVs. So how do we set up boundaries when it comes to our friends and family when we try to get things done? Oh, that is so hard. Oh, you know, I guess we, you know, power is in our words. So we have to stop saying it's hard. (laughs) But, you know, um, I think that is comes with the, you know, the people pleasing aspect, you know, because I know I tend to. Um, you know, feel like if somebody calls me, I mean, I, first of all, I'm glad that they're calling. I'm glad that I'm important enough, you know, that they want to talk to me. 
you know? So for that aspect, it's like, oh, well, I don't want to ignore their call. And uh, what's the other thing I'll think about sometimes with the, oh, yes, especially like when I think of with my mom, you know, Mm -hmm. as we're all getting older and, you know, my mom is getting up in age, I'll think stuff like, oh, I I need to talk. You know, I got to talk to my mother every single time that she calls, you know, because we take so much for granted. And so that'll be in my head like, oh, you know, you never know. You know, so you got, and then you not know people who have lost their moms. And that also makes me, um, you know, think about, oh, I need to talk to my mom because I'm fortunate to have my mom here. I need to talk to her. And, and that's true. We do need to, you know, take for granted or not take it for granted. We need to appreciate and take advantage of our loved ones and our friends, but we still have to hold it together you know what I'm saying perspective Mm -hmm. you can't just talk to everybody every single time because if you are busy if this is my writing time I have to say hey well I can talk to mom after and if I communicate that writing time to Mm -hmm. people if I say hey I'm writing on Monday Wednesday Friday from you know eight to three or whatever then they should not call me during that time But so that comes with the importance of communicating the things that you need to communicate to people so that they can even respect. They can't respect the boundary that they don't know about. Right. Right. Uh, BrainMD.com has something on here, too. It says before you communicate anything, this is coming with setting up a boundary between friends and family. Mm -hmm. Take the time to listen and be still with your feelings. Mm. Anger usually indicates a boundary has been crossed. Check your motives. You don't want to communicate a boundary with the hidden motive of trying to punish or control. Mm. Okay. Identify what boundary you need to be set. Be prepared to clearly explain that you mean and you talk about what exactly the boundary entails. If you have troubles understanding or expressing your needs and limits, consider talking to a therapist to serve as a coach. There go that therapist. I was right. You know, that's our favorite favorite term this is especially this is especially helpful if you have strong people pleasing tendencies okay we're gonna i'm gonna need you to repeat that then okay (laughs) i need to write it down okay so this i'm gonna repeat the whole line if you have troubles understanding or expressing your needs and limits consider talking to a therapist to serve as a coach this is especially helpful if you have strong people-pleasing tendencies. Mm. hmm Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's that, that's me. <laughs> and I got the therapist. But I think when it comes to boundaries, sometimes they don't need to know that a boundary was set. I, um, I would, sometimes you can just say, like you said, you had your writing, hey, um, mom, or hey, friend, I'm trying to finish up this paper later in the week. That, that was the boundary set, but they didn't know that was a boundary. Right. Set. We don't have to say, this is my boundary, <laughs> you know, because then people get to add, well, dog, well, what's wrong? Well, mm-hmm. I, you know, they might start thinking something is wrong with them on their end of the friendship, you know? So I guess, you know, the boundaries are for yourself and you don't have to communicate everything. You don't have to communicate it as it's a boundary. But like yeah. in my case, you know, if I'm setting a boundary around my writing, 
mm-hmm. it's okay to communicate that to say, hey, well, these are my writing times so that then my friends and family can respect that. But then when it comes to my other, you know, situation I was talking to you about, you know, if you want to, you need some time to yourself. Yes. We don't necessarily have to tell somebody, hey, I need time to myself. So I don't want to hang out with you today. Maybe we could just not be available to them, you know, and that can be a way to have that boundary. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that sounds good. Or, you know, we can use the phrase, let me call you a little later uh, right now. Uh, Something came up. And just go from there. Now, that does leave an open-ended. Right, like, well, what came up? Yeah, you'd be like, oh, it was something personal or something. You you have to shove it off like that because that's, you know, something where you... uh, you don't sometimes always want to talk about that you needed time to yourself and you needed to cope with things. But also, too, you know, there's another phrase. You probably want to get your pistol ready for this one because I'm looking over there and it says, remember that you're setting boundaries with your friends and family because you love them and you want to grow closer to them. You won't do it perfectly and that's okay. Keyword, you won't do it perfectly and that's okay. Your boundary setting skills will improve over time. People pleasers may feel guilty or selfish at mm. first. That's a sign that you're doing the right thing. Enjoy the well-being that comes <laughs> from boundary setting. Wow, yeah, because I was going through that. Um, you know, one of my friends is um, having a birthday, and mm-hmm. uh, they're going out of town, and there are a couple of issues with it. Their birthday is, like, very close to my birthday. So every time I think about you know, how I celebrate their birthday with them, then I think, okay, well, you got to have funds for what you may want to do for your birthday. So that's the part of the decision, you know, making. And then the other thing is just that I've always been this way. When I get invited to something, I have always felt an obligation to go. Yeah. And it's like, and I mean, I was just like, even in my 20s and 30s, I was like, oh, if you invited me, I got to come. And then I would be so hurt, though, when I was on the opposite end of that, when I gave the invitation and when uh, if they didn't come to what I invited them to, I would feel like, but I've been to all of your parties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I had a one friend that she was always having karaoke parties, uh, karaoke for everything. I would go to everything. and then. I had something and she didn't come. And then she, I didn't, I didn't just go off like when, when she didn't come to one thing, it was maybe like one or two things I had invited her to and she didn't come. And I just felt like that was like a one-sided friendship is what that made me feel like. Now I wish I was a little bit more mature at that time in my life to have had a discussion with her about it. But instead I just kind of got upset and made a decision like, okay, I'm not, you know, messing with her no more. So I kind of ended our friendship. You know, we have reconnected since then. But mm-hmm. I always felt guilty about the fact that I didn't communicate how I felt, you know, because your relationships with your girlfriends are just as important as your relationship with anybody else, whether it be a family member or, you know, your boyfriend or, you know, if you're in the same sex couple, you know, whatever. We have to communicate how we feel. We shouldn't feel a certain way 
and then just leave the situation unless it's an unsafe situation. But sometimes people do things and cause us to feel certain ways and it wasn't even their intent. But if we never tell a person how we feel, you know, they don't even have an opportunity to make it better or maybe explain, you know, what was going on, you know, but going to my friend that invited me to, you know, go out of town when mm-hmm. I finally told her that I wasn't going to go, it took so much for me to tell my friend this. And this mm-hmm. is like my friend, we've been friends for like 40 years. And I'm like, I should not have struggled with being able to say, oh, no, I'm not going to make this party this time. But I was really like, oh, oh, you should go. You don't want to make her feel like you don't want to go or she, like she's going to be disappointed. And I went through that for a couple of weeks. And finally, you know, my one friend I had been talking to said, well, if you're not going to go, you need to go ahead and let her know that you're not coming. And I was like, yeah, you're right. But then I was procrastinating my tail off, you know, because I probably knew a whole week before I actually finally got the nerve to say I wasn't going to go. But I did feel really guilty about it. Because after I told her, I'm sitting over here thinking, oh, I wonder how she's feeling. (laughs) And it was like, it's so crazy. I'm like, it's just a birthday party. And it's not not a milestone, you know, because I think some things are really special. And it's like, okay, you want to try to make that. And that's how you try to do those milestones. But if you're the type of person... You partying, you going out of town every year for your birthday? Mm-hmm. Well, you can't be expecting everybody to travel with you every single year. You know what I'm saying? So that that was my struggle. Yes. And see, now you are still thinking, oh, I, I disappointed her. Girl, she on the plane. Right. She's going to have all kind of other people yes. you know, to celebrate her birthday with. I think sometimes we kind of make our presence more important than what it really is. You know, like, yes, you're a friend and they would like you to be there, but, you know, if you're not there, you're not going to make or break the party. Nope. And that's what you got to understand. You're not going to make or break the party. (laughs) And you don't always have to be obligated to be available, obligated to go, obligated to buy something for the event. You don't have to be obligated to be this extra super friend when you can just be a meaningful friend. And sometimes you can't make those, um, those trips. Yeah. Cause trips are expensive. I mean, sometimes when you, you're traveling for, you know, for birthdays, I mean, you got to realize that's your birthday. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like it's the celebration for you. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can't always, um, you know, expect people to have that expense. Now, you know, if we were like Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, we would be able to pay for everybody to come to our party. You know, hey, I'm having a party, you know, whether it's Miami or out the country, you footing the bill for everybody. Okay, sure, everybody's going to come. But when people have to budget and, you know, take time off work, you know, vacation days at work, you know, that's a, um, you know, that's some time. You can, you, that's a sacrifice, you know, when you take yes. your vacation days to it hang is. out with someone. It is. It's a sacrifice. You're sacrificing your time. You're in that, you know, it's paid time. 
You can't get that time back. <laughs> right. And you think I don't want, I took my vacation days to hang out with you. Then if something happens, you know, in my life where I need this time off, I've used it, you know, for your party or whatever it was that you wanted me to do. So yes. I think people, you know, have to be understanding of things like that as well. That's a lot that comes into travel, you know. So what's our takeaway from, from this? I say get practice, practice, practice. Practice makes perfect. Yeah. You know, so I will not stop working on my boundaries. Like I'm 45 years old and I am still working on <laughs> learning to set boundaries, you know, for myself, for my own mental well-being, um, just to not, you know, be taken advantage of by people, you know, I'm just not going to stop. And I, I encourage everybody, if it's something that you struggle with, get the help you need. If, like like um, Tanya read that, if you need to see a therapist, yeah. find out why, why are you having a problem, you know, making boundaries for yourself? Like I have an issue with being accountable to myself. I shouldn't only be able to um, complete a writing project by a deadline when that deadline is set by someone else. But when I set a deadline for myself, I will give myself all kind of wiggle room and all kind of reasons why it's okay that I didn't meet the initial deadline. Oh, it's okay. You were busy. You were doing this other thing over here. You were doing this other thing over here. But if I was working with, if I was working with the editor or like a publisher at one of the, you know, top publishing companies, mm -hmm. I, I meet deadlines that other people give me because why? People pleasing. So I yes. obviously have a problem with pleasing myself. <laughs> so that's going to be what I'm going to talk about with my therapist on our next visit. So we mm -hmm. have to recognize, you know, when you have an issue with something, because it's a reason for that. Yeah, maybe that's what I need to talk about with mine. In fact, I am going to talk about it. That'd be my next one. In fact, let me write it down. Write it my, down. <laughs> yeah. Well, how was your day? I've been people pleasing. Right. When people pleasing all my life, how can I stop that? Yes. You know, because it's not good. I mean, I think it's, it's healthy to want to make people happy, but when you're doing it at a detriment to yourself, to where you don't feel good, because we know when we have done something solely for the purpose of someone else, a lot of times we feel that on the inside, you know, like of our bodies, like you don't feel good. You kind of mad about it. I think you, you read that too. When you're yes. angry about stuff, it's like, why am I angry? Oh, I'm angry because I did something that I didn't really want to do. And I know that I did it not for myself, but I did it for that person. There's a time when we have to put ourselves on the back burner for someone else. There are times when we have to do that. Like when I know... <laughs> When I was younger and things like, you know, when there would be deaths would happen, right. I would not take off work to go to a funeral mm. unless it was, if it was a family member. I'm talking like for like a friend's, you know, something happened in a friend's family. And I just was my mindset at the time was kind of like, well, I can't take a day off work. I'm at work now. If it was on a Saturday. OK, I'm going to go. But I had to grow to understand death is not planned for anybody. Nobody plans where they're going to die, you know, or you have a death in your family. So it's always unexpected. 
And there's a time, you know, for the sake of your friendship to be there and support somebody when they're going through something where that's a worthy sacrifice to take Mm -hmm. time off work to go to be, you know, to support a friend when they're going through something. That's a worthy sacrifice, you know, but if this you taking time off work to go do something you know, that's not really important and you really not feeling it. And then you take it off anyway and you go and then you don't enjoy yourself. And you're like, I don't even want to do this. Now that's when the intent behind it, you know, was wrong. It wasn't coming from a good place, you know? So we have to, you know, clarify within our minds. What's, why are we doing this? Are we doing it to make the person happy or are we doing it because it's just really important, you know? What what do you think the takeaway is for you? Uh, I got to work on the people pleasing. And if they don't like you or they feel some kind of way, that's them. You got to do what's best for you. You got to protect your inner peace. Um, My takeaway is that I got to protect the inner peace. It might be some days that I can't entertain. It might be some times where I have to focus. And then I got to take the time now because this is kind of like what I called you, cuddle season. Mm-hmm. And I ain't killing with nobody but them two um, beauty oh. rest pillows that I have right now. Mm-hmm. So instead of looking at them as a cuddle time and I'll always be, I don't want to be bored, let me find me something to do, embrace the boredom. I could be, like I told you before, I could be writing a story up for the uh, uh, anthology. I could be doing more content planning. I could be doing some of them real videos. Right, <laughs> I, right. I we could be doing some reels. Yes, more advertisement for the pure romance business that I still want to blossom. I took a break from, you know, to try to get my son across the threshold for, you know, getting to get from kindergarten to first grade. There's things I could be doing. So, I, I just need a whole mental, as I call it, probably a mental gym. I, I saw that somewhere, too. What is it called? It's like a mental gym. It's called in, Inception. Ooh. I probably need to go to a mental gym. Oh, so I be learning yes. stuff from you all the time because you be out there finding stuff. Yes. Because sometimes, Beneficial you know, things, you know? Yes. And we might have to do an episode on that because sometimes you get in that... The lonely, you know, the loneliness state, and you like, oh, I don't have nobody. But you can replace things that with things that you love or that you always wanted to do. Because trust me, when you get into that relationship that you look into, mm-hmm. for you're not gonna have time to just be you. You yes. gonna be there'll be another side of you trying to people please, and, and that's where your boundary setting is really going to come into play because especially I think after you've had time alone, like with us being widows, first of all, it's an adjustment period to being by yourself. Mm -hmm. Then you go through the period where you learn and you get comfortable with being by yourself and you can start enjoying that time to yourself. And then when you find yourself in your chapter two or your chapter three, whatever it is for you, now you have someone, somebody that you have to share your time with. Now you have to readjust. But you're like, wait a minute, I did kind of like 
just waking up in my bed, having coffee, looking at TV, not being in a rush to do anything. Mm-hmm. You deserve, you still deserve that kind of time. Just because you get in a relationship doesn't mean now you have to give up all of your me time. Me time is just as important, if not more important, when you are sharing your life with somebody else. Yes. Yes. And I agree. I think yeah. I do do stuff that you love to do and keep that stuff. Don't let don't don't sacrifice. If this is a plan that you had before, keep right. That plan. Don't stop doing it. And, you know, and I think people respect, you know, boundaries, you know, when they see that, oh, OK, you're going to you're going to keep doing what you've been doing. Like, you know, if you had a monthly, you know, uh, spa day with the girls just because you get in a relationship doesn't mean, oh, I don't go to spa day anymore. Mm-hmm. Why not? You should. You should still go to spa day because guarantee most of the time when men have something that they do, they're going to do it anyway. Whether, you know, they're with you or not. You know, if they go play basketball or if they got a, they go, they got a gym schedule, they're going to keep that up, you know. So we as women have to remember to keep doing the things that we were doing with our girlfriends, you know, before we got into relationships. Yes. Yeah. You're doing what you're doing. So that would be what my takeaway is. Work on my boundaries. Go back to setting my apps up. Uh, relax. Um, set a schedule. All that works in you know, bettering yourself mentally. Well, I'm so glad that you, look, now I know to go to my screen time because I'm like, oh, yes, I'm going to do that. Yeah. be setting it up. And it works out. I felt relieved (laughs) when I set that up. I did have some better sleep during that time, I feel, because I didn't have to be interrupted by a message or a text and you never know, especially if you get one late at night, it could be something bad news. Right. <laughs> you know, you're in your sleep and you have to readjust your eyes and stuff. That that's that's it. You know, that can ruin the whole sleep pattern. Sometimes it's just better left to look at it in the morning. And plus your morning is like your fresh start. You woke up that morning. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So we know this is going to be a conversation that um, we're going to have again and we'll probably have one of our um, one of our guests. You know, we like to have our guests, you know, chime in and give their opinions or any, um, you know, tips that they've garnered, you know, with any topic, you know, that we're talking about, because it's always somebody out there who has conquered what we're still trying to conquer, you know, and we value, you know, the things that they have to say. So, and we also want to say, if you are one of those people and you want to have a a conversation with us, we invite you to DM us on Instagram and, you know, let us know that you want to come on and you want to talk about something. We are open to that. Yes. We always, the conversation is always available to Yeah, we almost like the red table, like the red table. Come on to the table. We'll talk about it. We like having conversations with others, you know, that are going through the same thing or have been through the same thing or just have something to offer, you know, to assist us as we are going through this journey called life. So until next time. Until next time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.